everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 147th episode of the podcast, airing December 19th, 2022. And happy solstice to all. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome to special guest Debbie Stapleton to join me on the program to chat all about Capricorn solstice season 2022. And so Debbie and I are going to dissect all the astro bits and pieces that make up this year's seasonal change. As the light begins to conquer the dark in the Northern Hemisphere, we have a highly dynamic period ahead with Jupiter back in Aries and challenging the sun on an almost immediate new moon. Once this party starts, we also address Mercury stationing retrograde while ruling Mars, who is about to finally station direct. Hallelujah. And we have a Uranian Cancer full moon. So it is a pivotal zodiacal month for sure. So where is this story going? Well, we're both pretty sure that we are all about to find out. Now, to connect visually with the astrology as we step through the charts, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. Now, if you would like to support this program and my astrological efforts, come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can book a personal consultation. You can read my blog. You can come on over to my uh, my Instawebs, my Instawebs uh, at Instagram at energeticprinciples. Um, but not most importantly, somewhat importantly, you can sign up for my monthly transit newsletter, The Heavenly Wind, which is about to have its First of the month for January 2023, come out here shortly, and it is free, and it goes straight to your inbox, and it is newly redesigned, and I'd have to say rather informative. So if you would like that, you can sign up at the bottom of my webpage at energeticprinciples.com. So all right, who is ready to hear all about this year's Capricorn solstice season? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right, here we are back for another episode of the Energetic Principles podcast, and I'm delighted to welcome to the program, Debbie Stapleton. Thanks for joining me, Debbie. Well, thanks for having me, Mel. This is so great. I'm excited to talk about my favorite season. (laughs) Oh, Capricorn season. Not everybody says favorite season. I know. The Capricorn season. Like who says Capricorn season in such a cheerful way. Well, only a Capricorn would. (laughs) Only a Capricorn. (laughs) Only a Capricorn and a Capricorn moon. So we're right at home here today. Yes. So, and you know what? I think there's every reason to be a little bit cheerful about Capricorn season this year because there is that configuration, that square to Jupiter moving Mm -hmm. back into Aries, which we'll be talking about here today. So before we get started, Debbie, tell the listeners a little bit uh, about yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a Canadian astrologer. I live on an island in the Pacific Northwest, Vancouver Island, with my partner. Um, We are both musicians. I'm a singer. Uh, I'm also a painter, and I weave from time to time. So, um, yeah, I've been into astrology for a few decades now. And as I was sharing before we recorded it, I've tried to leave it and it keeps finding me. So I feel like it's my fate. I love it. Um, yeah. And, 
don't know what else to say, really. Um, <laughs> you know, short and sweet's good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love that we have that in common. We have we have two uh, female musicians here in mm-hmm. in the room today. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a special bond. See. Yeah, you <laughs> can see your guitars and all your equipment and everything in there. That's cool. I'm in one of those rooms too. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're lucky, maybe you'll get a song at the end of this podcast. <laughs> it's so uh, it is funny though, when you think about mu- music and astrology, because a lot of times there is that link. There's a lot of astrologers that are musicians as well. You know, you think just about music and the quality of, uh, pattern that goes along with Mm -hmm. uh, music, you know, they're both really mathematical, but they're both very intuitive (laughs) Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, And they're both very, very clubby, right? You know, when you're a musician, you have this special bond with other musicians. When Mm -hmm. you're an astrologer, you have this special bond with other astrologers because it's its own unique language, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Very mercurial, very, um, very magician-like, you know, you're creating you know, meaning out of symbol decoding, like reading notes or reading planetary symbols. Yeah. So I think that's interesting because um, I feel like uh, the astrologers, at least I know, they're very multifaceted and multi-talented because there's that acuity for um, creation and analysis and uh, kind of conjuring in a way. There's something sort of magical about that um, impulse we're all we're all magicians of sorts <laughs> we are we are um <laughs> it's funny uh last night i recorded the year ahead program uh for 2023 with gray crawford so spoiler mm. alert that will be coming out in a week after this airs um but we uh we talked all about the magician energy and earth magic um especially for next year so it in the last couple of days, the, the magician theme just keeps coming up, it seems. So mm-hmm. yeah, work your work your inner magician, people. We mm-hmm. all have one. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, let us talk about Capricorn solstice season 2022. Uh, we are rounding the bend on this year, which A, I can't believe. I feel like it just started <laughs> just mm-hmm. a few months ago, but now it's over. It's over. Mm-hmm. What was your impression of 2022 as a, as a whole? I mean, I guess as a person, but also astrologically, any, any things that stick out to you theme wise? Yeah, it was, it was definitely mixed weather. It was a mixed bag for me, uh, personally. And I felt like I saw that reflected in the astro weather. It's sort of like these sense this kind of general sense that we're, you know, we're turning a corner, we're kind of getting these glimmers of hope, um, you know, the clouds parting, like that kind of feeling. But then there were still, you know, very difficult and tricky uh, passages. And I, I still think we're kind of, it's almost like going across this sort of, this tricky sort of suspension bridge with this long Mars and Gemini retrograde that, um, yeah, it just sort of felt like I can, I can see us turning the corner. I see shades of hope. I'm daring to dream again, but there is still a lot of work to do and a lot, uh, to traverse and sort out if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree on all those fronts. 
Um, there's definitely some figuring out to do, uh, but I like the, I like the idea of like turning a corner and the clouds parting, right. You know, we've mm-hmm. been in that Saturn Uranus crunch for so long and the eclipses this year, my God, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the next, that's the nice thing about next year is that there it has its things, but it doesn't have that. Um, and I really feel like Capricorn season is kind of the kickoff to all that, um, especially mm-hmm. with Jupiter moving into Aries. But before we break into Capricorn energy, let's think about just the, you know, we're at that solstice point, right? It is the darkest night of the year when the Capricorn, uh, sun ingresses on Wednesday, December 21st. Um, and so any thoughts on solstice, uh, just as a general or any observations you have with our, with that holiday? Hmm. Yeah. For me, it has a real, like, I always sort of feel like that it's truly the new year, like the new Mm. astrological year. I mean, I'm sure like the Aries um, ingress also has this kind of new embarking kind of quality too, but I feel like there's something about the solstice. It really has, um, at least in the Northern hemisphere, it really has a new moon type of quality or signature of like this, you know, fallow ground, the empty garden bed, and we're really just back um, at clearing the space for what's about to unfold out of the foundations of, of the earth. And, um, yeah, it just always has a very beginning sort of inceptional, uh, kind of quality to me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Cause you know, the, the first of the year is very arbitrary, <laughs> the sense of like Mm. energy and what's going on in the planets. And sometimes that lines up and sometimes it it doesn't, but really that solstice maneuver, and especially this year, because we're going to have an almost immediate new moon in Capricorn at the same exact time. It's, um, there really is just that fresh cardinal energy. The sun's lights just slowly starting to return there. Um, and when you were speaking and talking about, uh, like the garden bed, I was just thinking of, you know, because that's what we think of when airy season comes around, right? You know, the maybe it's not so much the planting of seeds, but the the seeds actually starting to sprout. Mm, um, mm-hmm. But Capricorn, you know, before you plant anything, you have to till soil. You have to mm-hmm. like you have to check the nutrients and the the pH and like just get your nutritive, uh, energy into that soil for anything to grow to begin with. And so that feels like this is kind of part of that season. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I like, I like that. Um, overall. Yeah. And it's like, before you can build anything, you need to lay the foundations and before, yeah, like you said, like before things can kind of grow, you need to fortify the soil. And it's almost like a, like a composting point. It's like everything that has happened in the year now has kind of shaken out and composted down. Mm -hmm. And then the quality of the soil is going to kind of impact the nature of what, what grows and rises up out of that. So, um, I sort of feel like the year unfolds from the foundations that we lay in Capricorn season coming out of that zeal and vision of Sagittarian season, like getting reunited with 
our, our flame or a spark of what it is that we believe in, what it is that we have faith in and carrying that ember into the darkness of the, of the um, Capricorn season. It's like, um, yeah, it's like, all right, well, if you can dream as big as you're going to dream, fortify the, the deepest roots to kind of uphold it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a vision is just a vision until you begin to <laughs> take the necessary steps or archetype it out in some way, you know, mm-hmm. Jupiter is Jupiter, but we need Saturn to make it a reality. Uh, and that is what Capricorn season gifts us with. Uh, it's the start of back-to-back Saturn seasons, right? You know, when we mm-hmm. think about Capricorn and Aquarius together, it's like, all right, we're, we are officially entering Saturn's territory, but we do get a big dose of Jupiter uh, just because Jupiter the day before the solstice moves back into Aries um, and is sitting at the Aries world point during the new moon in uh, Capricorn. So there's just this fresh life and cardinal energy that is just being activated um, at this time. And there's a lot of inspiration. There's a lot of just like, all right, let's, let's do this. Like you said, the, the turning of the corner, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we turned the corner, but now we're at this different corner turn that is all about taking that fresh life that a lot of us seek for ourselves and that fresh inspiration and getting having gone through Sagittarius season, right. When you talk about the vision, uh, and the whole time we had Sagittarius season, basically Jupiter was finishing up. It's, it's run in Pisces, which, um, a little bit of a mixed bag, you know, Jupiter's so strong there, but it's, um, I watched a lot of people going through like encountering grief within that and moving through things and letting go of things and like, just prepping the energy for what this new start is going to be, but that's not Mm -hmm. always easy emotionally, you know, depending on Mm -hmm. how your charts configured or what you particularly went through. But so it's, it's an interesting lead up uh, to this moment. Well, it's wild too, because through Sag season, you know, the ruler of Sagittarius Jupiter is in Pisces, late Pisces, which obviously is a really dignified place um, for Jupiter to be. So, you know, there was a lot of juice and a lot of boldness, uh, wanting to come forth. I sort of felt like in such season, but if you think about it, it's like, that's the sun and Jupiter configured by square and it's a square whole sign square. So there's this like very, um, you know, catalytic kind of energy, but that square doesn't really, um, actualize until we get into the cardinal side. And as soon as those two hop over the threshold, it's like, boom. And I have this like um, image in my mind. It's like of a mountaintop that's breaking open and there's something volcanic coming out of the top of it. So it's like this Capricorn mountainscape, but that Olympian fire is kind of bursting out of the top. And I think it's been a lot of tension simmering and a lot of want to grow and expand. And I just think it's a brilliant, um, it's sort of a brilliant signature to, to kick off, um, Capricorn season with. 
Yeah, absolutely. I just, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the volcanoes that are erupting in Hawaii. <laughs> um, yeah, just like that literal pressure. Cause it, you're right. You know, the second that we had uh Sag season start, there was just, it just started to build pressure with Jupiter mm-hmm. and here we are. And that pressure is actualizing um, right out the gate. So we're going to want to pay attention just in general to our call to move forward. Um, during the solstice and as we get to the new moon on the 23rd of December, because I feel like we're all being called in some way to take the next step of our growth journey for whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like. For some people that's entirely new, just writing something totally different for some it's the next chapter. You know, we all have different ways of expressing that, but we are all growing and expanding, um, in big ways right now. So mm-hmm. now as, as a Capricorn yourself, what, what characteristics do you ascribe to Capricorn energy just as a whole? We talked about its foundational, uh, sense and the, the soil of it, of it all and the structural, mm. any other characteristics of Capricorn energy? <laughs> I'm sure you have some, some wisdom around the subject. Yeah, it's, um, Capricorn consciousness, it has a very, you know, concentrated and and kind of stoic uh, quality. The word that I think of most as a as a guide for Capricorn consciousness is like to be resolute. Like this is, you know, the earthly domicile of Saturn. So there's a lot of, you know, power and structure. And, and fortitude and perseverance, but it's also the exaltation of Mars. So it's a place where uh, one can wield a tremendous amount of power and determination and this propulsion, like this moving forward that, you know, you're talking about. So I just think it's interesting that Capricorn season spans the, the calendrical new year where we make resolutions. So it's a time when we say, I resolve to turn over a new, I resolve to do something. Um, and you knew with a new year. And I know there's like lots of ideas about these resolutions. Like people sometimes really set themselves up too much at the beginning and then they kind of tumble off and then they get discouraged, but there's just something baked very deeply into the Capricorn uh, consciousness is, is that I resolve. I resolve to 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 stick around. I'm going to push through, and if it takes forever, no matter. It's the exaltation of, of Mars, so it's like that slow burning fuse, that slow burning energy. So, um, yeah, like uh, Capricorns can uphold a lot. They're not necessarily really splashy and flashy, and they're not necessarily looking for, you know, the spotlight or big, big credit or anything like this. But often, <laughs> if you look behind the scenes or in the underpinnings of of things or in the bones of organizations, you you find a lot of earthy people or Capricornian people that are like, you know, they're holding up a lot. So it can have the feeling of life is work, like you're. You're born ready to to pull that plow. Like it's just the way it is. And people <laughs> say, smile and cheer up and buck up. And you're like, dude, I got the weight of the world on me already. That, you know, 
it's kind of like what we were saying in the beginning, like you've got a Capricorn moon, I've got a Capricorn sun, like folks that are acquainted with Capricorn consciousness through their chart archetypes, we've already kind of made our peace with the Saturnian and it's, it's already deeply fortified our bones and our structure and, and we're kind of okay with it. We can be a bit, um, you know, jolly with it and laugh it off a little, but it's, um, (laughs) it's, it's powerful, it's potent, and it can be the consciousness of carrying, um, many burdens and having to play the long game. So I think once you finally end up being an, an actual old elderly Capricorn, I think that's when you're actually kind of age in reverse. You end up sort of catching up with your time. You're like, I was born old. I've been waiting to be this old sage. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it has a Benjamin Button feel to it, right? Yeah, you know, that's, because I, that's a good one. Well, and I think like you, like you said, it, it takes ye, it like time and wisdom and years for Capricorn to actually begin to kind of laugh it off mm-hmm. or not to take it all so seriously, because that is the, that is definitely the, um, the thing about Capricorn is sometimes it can be like overly serious. It's definitely ambitious. Uh, and, and like you said, born to pull the plow. If I'm not pulling the plow, I don't know what to do with myself. Right. You know, exactly. What do you mean? There's nothing to do. There's always something to do. There's always something to do. <laughs> there's always something that needs attention. Yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of the wisdom and the fine wine of Capricorn as you, as you age, as you, you, you still realize those things, but how you navigate it is different. Mm-hmm. Like when you're talking about the resolutions, right. And like, Capricorn's so ambitious and we start this year and people are like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you're mm-hmm. like, you forget that you're human. And then you set yourself up for failure. Right. Which Capricorn hates, right. We are like, mm-hmm. we were born with a fear of failure. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah. So, but failure, you know, failing up, <laughs> we want to fail up and, and grow from it. But, um, yeah, failure is just failure is just success practice. <laughs> it is. All. It absolutely is. It is just yeah. practice for success. Um, so we just gotta we just gotta navigate that a little bit and stay stay a little realistic. That's another thing about Capricorn, right? You know, mm-hmm. I like to have that realism, that pragmatism. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of the cardinal signs, so it's one of the four gateways to the turning of the seasons. Mm. So there's a leadership quality, um, wanting to uphold that, um, earth, earthly mastery and, you know, a lot of energy for inceptions and beginnings. And out of the four temperaments, like if you get into the temperament scheme, like Capricorn is, um, the melancholy temperament, Saturn being the natural melancholy planet. So there's the coolness, the dryness um, of that energetic, you know, the coolness allows for the slower and more deliberate reaction, but also that strong retentive virtue, like the ability to remember, like a very long uh, memory, you know, and the dryness gives you that quality to sort and um, perceive Um but I mean, if we think about, you know, Marsilio Ficino, the Renaissance astrologer and, and, and magician, he was born a melancholic or, uh, 
and a lot of his work is designed to to heal and balance out melancholy because even though it has some really strong assets that it brings um at the same time it's not necessarily the conditions of life you want moisture and you want warmth to create that fecundity and that growth and generativity so Capricorn, it's interesting, it begins the winter season and that's kind of like what it what it's all about. It's like the growth has slowed down, um, everything's very underground and we need other things to kind of kindle us and warm us and, and care for us as we move through uh, the winter season. Yeah. So that's the winter blues. To think about. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's a real thing. It's like when winter starts, because um, that, like you said, that Capricorn is the season change, at least here. In, well, it's a season change anywhere in the world, but in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the uh, winter solstice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that back to back Saturn, you know, Capricorn to Aquarius is literally the start and the dead <laughs> of winter. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you know, we just think about like when, we, when it's winter, we hunker down. We, uh, you know, we it has this, we have to have that endurance to get through the, the cold and the harsher, um, elements and yeah, like pres- not like, being buried by it either, you know, right. and, and get that winter depression that can possibly come out. So, uh, yeah, you got to keep the fires burning. You got to keep the warmth kindled and, you know, keep the fires of your digestion cooking and, um, and that's, I kind of feel like is the the flame. It's like lighting the torch in Sag season and then marching into the darkness of Capricorn season. It's like carrying that. It's like keeping the hearth or it's like keeping the flame of the heart alive. Yeah. So I think Jupiter might help us a little bit with that. <laughs> yeah. Jupiter might give us just that spark uh, that we, we need. Now, of course, as we talk about Saturn, um, <laughs> he ruling this season and the next couple seasons uh, here, uh, that focus is going to switch to Saturn and Aquarius, who is uh, well direct at this time, right? You know, turned direct in October. So we've just been plodding along with this direct Saturn that is really on its way to wrap up this Aquarius transit. So mm-hmm. as we go through uh, Capricorn season and we go through Aquarius season, there are, these are the the final throws of uh, Saturn and Aquarius um, in our time there. So whatever house that is in, in your chart, or especially the Saturn ruled houses, just in general, it's like think about the end leg <laughs> of that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like uh, any thoughts on Saturn. Uh, just the emphasis of Saturn and Aquarius or just Saturn wrapping up or getting ready to wrap up its transit? Yeah, well, again, we're entering a solar season with the ruler of the season being really dignified. Like that's a really strong Saturn. Um, Still has a real formidable um, signature. So I think it potentially, you know, strengthens sort of the feeling of concentration or strengthens the container of Capricorn and Aquarius season, wherein, you know, we'll be visioning and studying and continuing to grow. Um, But yeah, I think it's kind of, it's been a long winter astrologically. Yeah. We've had, like, this is, we're wrapping up now about five years of ultimate Saturn. Saturn has 
his virtues, but it's, it's, it's definitely a, like a wintry mood where, you know, growth has been truncated. Socialization has been really, um, impeded. And one of the things, of course, you know, Saturn deals with is mortality and, and the fears that can arise around that. And we've really had to confront that, like our, our foundations being shaken with all of the Uranus tension. Um, and so it is really hopeful to know that Saturn's going to be rolling out, but we've got one more winter now with that very formidable Saturn. So it's that last um, gust of snow <laughs> as we're leaving the ice flow and we're, we see the green pastures as we come down from the pole. So um, yeah, yeah, the end is in sight, but just to remember, I think maybe what could be cool if folks want to have some ideas of intentionality for this winter, like since this is going to be our, our last long, you know, cosmic winter of sorts as Saturn wraps up its time and its home signs. Think about the ways that you were tested. Think about the ways that you <clears throat> were fortified. Like when you carry a strong burden and a strong weight, your, your bones get denser. When things break down and heal in the bones, they, they get thicker and stronger than they were before. So all of the ways that we've been kind of um, really burdened, if, is there a way that you can create some meaning or some poetry out of it? But had I not been tested, I would not have discovered the strength. Had I not been shown the limit, maybe I would not have learned how to adapt. Maybe I would not have known my capacity uh, for survival by facing my fears, facing my anxieties and having to really come to terms with all the things that we thought were permanent and enduring. The force Uranus of change is always yeah. churning. So what have we learned from confronting the things that we thought we could rely on are also subject to the forces of change. And I mean, it's not all, you know, and it's not all good. There's been a lot of grief. There's been a lot of loss, um, you know, but woven into that, I hope there can be some philosophy about mm, some of it could have been, uh, you know, faded. Some of it could have been meant to be. Some of it could have been, or at least really good grist for the mill. Like it really, which is another very Saturnian kind of symbol, like grinding, grinding, grinding with that millstone, grinding the wheat down. It's all hard work. But then in the end, we actually have something that we can work with. We've got some grain, we've got some flour. Like, what do we want to make out of all of this? Um, yeah, I guess that's yeah. some of the things that come to mind. That is, those are those are definitely applicable uh, <laughs> to the, the current state in the past state. I like the idea of getting, we're leaving the long winter, right? It's not just this winter. It's like we are in the winter of our times. <laughs> mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and Uranus has been testing that the whole time. And, and we're going to see some more of Uranus this season too, because that new moon in Capricorn squaring Jupiter is going to be followed by a full moon in Cancer that is going to be exactly configured uh, in a flowing uh, formation to Uranus and Taurus. So 
there, mm-hmm. there seems to be some Uranian form and breakthrough that is um, available this season. And of course, we're going to have cardinal quarters too. And, you know, when we have cardinal quarters, everything's pushing forward with that initiating mm-hmm. energy and that kind of taking leadership and taking, you know, stepping up and moving forward and pivoting and um, just ready to do this. Like that's, that is part of uh, the lunar activity this yeah. time around. Um, I thought that was really cool that you pointed that out because I I didn't really, um, I didn't really had I hadn't really like thought about that yet. But I think about those cardinal quarters as like you know gateways, like mm. what doors will open at every quarter, like that uh, for the inception or the beginning or the entry into the uh, new year. Yeah, I feel quite excited about um, the month actually. Yeah, me too. I do. Um, and it's, but it's interesting to throw in, you know, we got to throw a few things in there, like Mercury stationing retrograde in Capricorn. So we're going to have, (laughs) (laughs) so there is, which is interesting to think about just because, you know, we are still in Mars retrograde and Gemini. And so Mercury is the ruler of that Mars. Um, but I, I think it is a very purposeful, uh, retrograde station of Mercury. And it's all going to, you know, cause 2023, well, and this starting with this retrograde, uh, Mer- Mercury is going to be retrograding solely through earth signs. So these are very practical mm. planning oriented, getting your puzzle pieces together, you know, uh, periods of Mercury retrograding. So, mm-hmm. um, and then of course, Mars is going to go direct during the season too, while Mercury is retrograde. So we have these we're not quite out of the retrograde woods yet necessarily, especially with Mercury turning back now. But, you know, think about everything that we've learned with Mars being retrograde in Gemini. It's been a long haul, you know, mm-hmm. since October 30th when it's stationed. It's been in uh, Gemini since what, like August? You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's been a long time, but it's intriguing to me that it wraps up and starts to emerge while Mercury is still sorting the bits and pieces out. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's interesting how the overlap of the ruler of Mars going retrograde whilst Mars is still retrograde. It's like a doubling up of that. Retrograde, retrograde. (laughs) My kind of catchphrase for Mars retrograde is, is, is fallback retreat. It's like fallback and re-strategize because it can kick up a lot of frustration when you just want to have that kind of forward moving momentum or propulsion that you'd expect of directing the Mars energy. But that's interesting that then Mercury will be retrograde too. So it's like another layer of, of, of pulling back to, to reflect, um, like a mental retreat or a mental reset or focus that goes that Mercury retrograde is pretty much all of Capricorn season. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it goes retrograde on the 29th, right? Right smack dab in the middle of everyone trying to, you know, travel for the holidays and the new year and uh, (laughs) all that. And and of course, you know, the interesting thing about Mercury retrograding this time around is it's going to be conjunct Venus, um, which was much like last year when Venus went retrograde in Capricorn, uh, 
at That's this right. time. And uh, then Venus goes on to conjunct Pluto. I think on on the New Year's Eve, the night of New Year's Eve, <laughs> Venus is conjunct Pluto. So we have a very yeah. interesting setup um, that we're going to get into as we break down uh, the month ahead. So I guess let us, uh, let me share my screen for those who are, you who are watching the video. We're going to get in to our forecast here. We got a lot, we got a lot to break down, Debbie. (laughs) So so here we are starting with our solstice, which is December 21st, 2022 at 448 uh, Eastern. We're in Pacific time, but I did set the chart for Washington just to have a a Mm -hmm. look-see. Interesting with the sun on the descendant there, at least for the capital of the uh, U.S. Mm. Um, Lots of Lots of uh, other other folks and <laughs> involved here, but that's another thing for another time. But what we see is this Jupiter freshly into Aries. I mean, it's only seven seven minutes in, and the sun is on its way uh, to complete that square on basically this uh, same day. It happens the same day as the solstice, uh, where we get this burgeoning cardinal sun solar jupiter action uh which we've kind of broken down pretty pretty much here Mm -hmm. uh but uh, but what we can also see happening too is venus who is uh getting to the you know the smack dab middle of capricorn here is in a trine with uranus um as we get uh solstice season underway and it's a dark it's a dark moon right we got a sag moon on solstice so we're still it's it's a quieter feels quieter um to some extent uh but also like connective it's it's exciting it's like opening you know venus being just open to new forms and being having that inventive uranian action and like fresh connections i, I do like that for it mhm yeah it definitely has a very um creative inventive and uh, generative signature, like with the sun and Jupiter and that uh, Venus and Uranus. Um, yeah, it just strikes me as kind of like some, I don't know, like aha moments, like really bold insights. Like, I'd be really curious for folks to kind of track that. I'm going to want to pay attention to like, I know I'm kind of already thinking it, it it may feel that way, but wondering if something like if that turning of corner into the new season will almost sort of will feel the the excitement or sort of feel like I don't know, like our awareness shift into that um, receiving creative insight, like if there'll be any swiftness or speed to how that arrives around that time. Yeah, I mean, if we think about it, it's like it it comes in with that uh, that balsamic Sag moon ruled by Jupiter. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, the those intuitive just forces kind of come in from the, from the dark, and we have maybe that quiet inspiration where it's not like that out there in the world, but it's still just lifting us up in some way, like a more of an internalized 
mm-hmm. uh, space and we're more just open to what is forming or how change is coming. Um, or maybe we're having more private talks with our, our loved ones and bringing up things of a Uranian nature with the Venus Uranus uh, trine there. Um, we also might be doing a mad dash to finish <laughs> our our shopping for the holidays and things <laughs> along those lines. It does feel a little bit like that as well. Um, feels very yeah. shoppy. <laughs> oh, for sure. Cool. Yeah. And that's interesting what you say about the internalized kind of energy. I do feel like that. And I mean, that theme is going to come up a bit more too with um, Mercury's uh, retrograde, but it does have this very internal receptive kind of quality but check out the moon opposite mars on its way to join the sun it's going to grab some of that mars our opposition and spark and take that spark into that really interior sort of new moon space so it's got some spice in there there's some spice (laughs) you know what it makes me think of is is like uh, you know, especially if we're we're getting to this cardinal new moon and in Jupiter action, we want to move forward. And you know, a lot of times we move forward with things because we're done with something else. You know, mm-hmm. like we are we're we're mm-hmm. irritated by something else. We are fed up with we don't we want to cut this from our lives or our realities or from our in you know personal intellectual processing in some way. And so. I mean, it could even have that signature of just being like kind of over something (laughs) um, that's Mm -hmm. carried into what the potential of what's next uh, is there. Um, Like a last straw type of uh, vibe, (laughs) if that makes sense. I think so. Like, and Mars having a bit of that sort of cutting or severing kind of quality, like almost making a, a break emotionally with maybe something that had been frustrating, a source of anxiety or, you know, this isn't, this isn't working. So running, yeah, very much that reaction of, 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 of moving away from something and towards something and not really knowing exactly what yet, but knowing something's got to give. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, kind of like that. I kind of like that because, you know, when you're done with something, you know, like, especially with mutable energy, right? You know, you gotta go back and forth. You're like, I'm done with this. And the next day you're like, nah, I'm gonna stick around. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like it has this like, you know, cancer energies like that too with the the moon quality. But um, it, is, it is very potent when you know that in your heart of hearts, you're like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I am done. <laughs> I have made the decision where this is it with this. And then you can really move on because the energy is not stagnant and held up in the same space of going back and forth from, you know, whatever it is that's, yeah, Yeah. getting in your way. Yeah. And then going into that, you know, cardinal earth season uh, with the sun square Jupiter. Again, it's that theme to be resolute. It's like when you know, now you know you're done, but you have to kind of know what you're done with so that you can be resolute about the next step. Yeah. Be very clear, clear, right? (laughs) 
So this brings us to our new moon on Friday, December 23rd. It's going to be here early in the morning here uh, in the U.S. or in North America. So we have, as you can see, we have one degree in 32 minutes. Uh, the lunation is the is happening at uh mm -hmm. and it is squaring jupiter there and that still on, on that cardinal world point so this is definitely a cycle that is very um newsworthy and uh, there will be as we turn the the corner uh you know that wheel of fortune energy in our lives the world is going to be doing the same so i have a feeling we can definitely expect some um, big headlines and, and brand new things kind of coming to the surface or being introduced um, that could play roles, uh, much larger roles as time goes on. Mm -hmm. um, but in our, you know, to break it down here, obviously that new moon is ruled by that Saturn and Aquarius that we were talking about earlier. Uh, and it's, you know, Saturn not really directly aspecting anything. I mean, it, it's in a very, very, very loose trine to Mars separating over there in, in Gemini. Um, so it's kind of on its own to some extent. Um, we got Mars retrograde sextiling Chiron. If you work with Chiron, there's some Chiron energy going on there. Um, and actually Chiron just happens to be stationing direct at this time too. So, hmm. so you put your Chiron filters on, um, if you follow Chiron, because there's definitely something to this position. So any thoughts on, um, any thoughts on no one's really talking to Saturn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saturn is, sort of um kind of lurking <laughs> but look that saturn's in the term of mars so mars that kind of wily many irons in the fire uh mars has got a little something to say about saturn but that's yeah saturn's not really saturn's sort of seeing into um Aries, and that's at least a flowing whole sign position. But I don't know, like maybe it's just a moment of suspending, you know, the the formalities or kind of, you know, taking away some of the austerities so that mm. we can maybe have the hubris to kind of push through and, um, I don't know, make some of these exciting uh, changes or resolutions. It made me think when you said that of suspending judgment for a second, right? You know, because that's yeah. the thing with Capricorn energy is sometimes we don't, um, can't, you know, you can hold yourself back because you have all, like, you you already figured it out. Like, there's a, there's a pessimism <laughs> that comes along with Capricorn mm -hmm. energy sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if kind of suspending that, that judgment and like leaning into that jupiter a little bit more um mm -hmm. and then maybe well you know we'll figure it all out once we have all the saturn activations and aquarius there um maybe but... just like maybe a little little word of caution because i know that hmm, saturn's messages are not always convenient but <laughs> sometimes they're still necessary and i think because we're also saturn weary there could be that want, that enthusiasm to just dispense with, you know, the having a sober look. And maybe it's just a reminder to kind of 
have just hang on, just have that little extra ounce of patience, um, you know, but at the same time, not, not feel too, uh, sort of burdened. It's kind of parking Saturn for a minute so that Saturn's in the garage. (laughs) We're over (laughs) here doing something else. Saturn, just hang out for a sec. I have to figure something out. So yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. And so, well, we'll see, you know, and, and sometimes when a planet is not aspected either, it kind of becomes its own importance in its own spot too. So, I mean, think about Aquarius area of your chart and kind of what's going on there. Um, and if there might be a missing link <laughs> that is, you know, could be overlooked or something that you want to pay attention to within the the push for growth. Um, let's not forget about that entirely. Mm-hmm. But um, and then, and then Chiron stationing at the same time and Mars sextiling it. Um, it's a, just an interesting component within, uh, especially when we kind of like outlined the idea of the moon opposing Mars right before the solstice. And like, we're looking at like maybe irritations and triggers and drawing the line with something and asserting oneself in a way, um, to move forward. Uh, you know, Chiron in Aries really has that quality of, um, right assertion, uh, to some extent, um, and feeling comfortable in your, in your ability to assert, but also not blowing things up where it is triggering or painful to everything around you. It's like the, learning this balance, um, uh, within just moving from a place of wisdom with, with just action energy as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so it's just an interesting component to add in here. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it or not. Well, it's nice that it's, um, flowing again, a flowing aspect with Mars. Um, it gives me that feeling of like lancing to release pressure, like Mm -hmm. lancing, you know, Chiron could be pointing to some of the, the woundedness around our individuality or sovereignty or, or personal, um, kind of expression, you know, and I feel like being in such a long astrological winter of sorts, you know, there's been a lot of our, you know, ourselves and our, our, our desires and our individuality that's kind of truncated and, you know, could, could lose some confidence, could lose some steam. And I don't know, I just sort of feel like maybe Mars is, is offering some release or some catharsis or, um, you know, it could be something kind of healing there. Yeah. and maybe, you know, sometimes, um, <laughs> like what Mars can kind of push on and activate, maybe something could come out in a really strong and bold, uh, way, but maybe that's just the, the pressure release that's needed just as long as it's coming from an intention of healing and, and, and authenticity and not to cause further wounding Wounding, that we can be conscious of, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it almost has, when you talk about like lancing the wound, I started to think about, uh, like ripping off the bandaid to some extent, you know, um, where sometimes we have to like assert our, our individual energy in a way that is, 
you know, you kind of do, got to do what must be done. Um, and maybe it's not as gentle as you would like it to be, but it's like, it's part of the individuation process in, in mm. some way. Um, and you just kind of have to do it, especially since, I mean, Mars is ruling that Chiron stationing, uh, and Mars is getting very close. You know, it's only a couple of weeks out from it's, it's getting really slow basically, because it's going to mm -hmm. station only two degrees away from this point. Um, so, but because of that, I like, I like what you said about it being, being an opportunity, right. A sextile gives us that opportunity to, uh, assert our energy in a way that could be very healing, even if it is not just a gentle bomb. Like sometimes healing is through something that is, uh, a little difficult or painful to do, you know, like, especially if we, yeah. So. Yeah, like you said, like ripping off the bandage. If you just kind of, you know, you're just sort of picking around the edge, it's never going to come off. Like sometimes you just got to like <laughs> get it over with and, and be bold free. and be strong, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, um, another thing that's going on around this new moon and really happens the following day is Mercury is making a sextile to Neptune. Mm -hmm. uh, and that will be significant because Mercury is that sextile to Neptune is part of Mercury retro Mercury's retrograde cycle. Um, where once again, we're kind of coming back to this place of what's possible and kind of dreaming and taking in that, that Jupiterian energy and, and visualizing, you know, taking the form of earth with that, with that Neptunian water. And so I feel, I, I really like this, this Mercury Neptune, um, connection for this whole Mercury retrograde, just because it feels very like imagineering mm -hmm. in my mind or like creative. Yeah. I love it too. And yeah, it's interesting to know because of the retrograde path that one on, uh, that's coming up first, that's the first of three that we'll have. And I feel like that, um, yeah, the second's on New Year's Day. So mm -hmm. <laughs> talk about the resolution you were talking about. Yeah, so it could be kind of fun to sort of put a pin in that, like whatever it is that you're dreaming up around the 24th, you know, around the 1st, you'll revisit it and maybe have an opportunity to dive back in. Having this like, you know, Mercury and Capricorn, it's got this very sort of, tangible. It makes me think of like a little wooden craft or a little wooden boat that's about to push off into this grand <laughs> Neptunian sea. And I don't know, like just different programs and movies I've been watching and things I've been seeing this theme of like going overboard or jumping over the edge, like a lady jumping off a ship or like, I'm just seeing this kind of coming up, like like it's almost like the little craft pushing off on the 24th and then wondering if it kind of hits a bit of an eddy or a, a capsizing <laughs> where you're going to have to actually swim, uh, you know, midway through that retrograde cycle. Um, it's like a journey because it's like, well, where is Mercury mm. taking us? Like Mercury, the psychopomp, when it goes, you know, when they go retrograde, it's taking us somewhere off off the beaten path or somewhere securitous that we would not have discovered had we kept on our regular um, road or trajectory. So to know that Neptune is really bound up in that um, 
it's a journey of the imagination. What is it that you said? You you phrased it nicely when it just came in about mm. Mercury and Neptune. I think I was talking about imagineering. Yeah, imagineering. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, because Saturn's great and Capricorn's great at engineering. I'm sure you find lots of uh, Capricorn and Aquarius energy in engineering. Um, I mean, we add that Piscean quality to it and that that vision and that Neptunian energy. Yeah, imagineering. Um, imagining, imagineering what will be engineering. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the things we imagine aren't that practical or maybe we need to work <laughs> out some things, right? And that's that's part of the Mercury retrograde there. Um, but we do, we, and it's, I mean, honestly, it's kind of nice. It's like the whole, from the 24th, I mean, the 24th is Christmas Eve. If you celebrate Christmas, that's, you know, that's a, a big lead into the holiday. That's um, my birthday. Nice to meet you. Oh, well, there you go. They, you'll, you can tell, I'll ask you a year from now, Debbie. <laughs> You're able to tell me all about Mercury, sextile Neptune. Um, I feel like that's my invitation to get my guitar out and play some music on my birthday. I think it is. Um, and, you know, and carry it on, carry that tune for the rest of the week because it's mm. like Mercury mm-hmm. is going to station on the 29th. Um, and right before on the 27th and 28th, especially the 28th, because the moon's going to be in Pisces, we have Venus making a sextile to Neptune too. So all these planets are kind of just jiving with Neptune and, and, and chilling, right? I mean, it's the holiday season. It's like, this is our time when we're not trying to get a whole lot of things done despite the Capricorn <laughs> vibe that's going on. Um, so it feels like a really nice, just connective week um, that might have its few blips here and there on like the details, obviously with Mercury slowing down and configured to Neptune. So it's definitely a go with the flow type of uh, time period, uh, especially if you're traveling, because, you know, we, we know Mercury is famous. Um, Mercury stationing is famous for throwing little... Uh, you know, spokes in our travel wheels. So uh, definitely be in the spirit of flow uh, mm-hmm. from the 24th to the 1st. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, it was a really creative um, signature, huh? Like that it is. Mercury, Venus, both hooking up with um, Neptune. Um, and yeah, like what you were saying earlier about like things that we dream up, um, it's not always practical, but I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. Cause even just that act of, of dreaming, um, it in, in itself has some soul value. Like we need to go on these imaginal journeys. We need to listen to the symbols and, and, and take the cues that are coming up. It's very soulful to me that, um, mm. that time and that connection like pay attention to themes, echoing themes, uh, what's coming up in the dreamscape, that this could be something of the soul or dialoguing with our waking awareness, uh, where, you know, going down the rabbit hole, so to speak. Yeah. Cause you know, our dreams tell us things, uh, rather whether, you know, despite whether they're waking or in while we sleep, um, And when you're talking about like engaging with symbols, I mean, when we engage with symbols in that more abstract plane, um, we can extract some sort of meaning from it. Um, 
and maybe that meaning is, you know, that purpose isn't entirely tangible at times, but there is something about it that we can take back and then move that into our earth moves to, to some extent. Cause mm-hmm. it's like when you, when you keep imagining something or you keep dreaming about something or daydreaming about something like that's your like soul basically saying, engage with me. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do I take you from beyond the image of my imagination? What are the next steps that are involved there? Because some of it is fantasy. Some of it is not meant to be realized. But some of it, when it just keeps repeating and it's coming up and it's like slipping into the back of your mind and you're having dreams about it, or you encounter, uh, you know, synchronicity on the street or something that just brings that into your, you know, kind of the observer effect into your world. Mm -hmm. Um, There is, yeah, it's like, then we can take that back in as Mercury goes back around and tries to figure out its plans. And it's in that strategic Capricorn space. Um, but that'll be part of a longer journey. Right. And then it's going to tie into that Mars stationing direct. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, like you said, this is a very soulful time. This is a very creative, like lean into it. Um, have fun with it. It, it, it feels pretty profound too, to some extent, because here we have Mercury, uh, stationing on Venus basically on Mm the 29th, which is, another very creative aspect, right? You know, that muse is, is speaking to our perception. We're, we're downloading, um, what Venus's message is. And then she basically just moves on to the last day of the year on new year's Eve to make a conjunction with Pluto, which is always an interesting (laughs) transit, (laughs) um, in, in, uh, just relationships and, you know, your inner, uh, sense of wholeness, um, and Mm -hmm. like that creative profundity, you know, uh, so what do you, what do you think about kind of this crossing over of Venus as Mercury stations? And then she goes on to connect with Pluto. Yeah, that's interesting. It's got a real, um, like descent kind of quality again, you know, bringing up that theme of something internal or interiority. Um, It's taking all of that, you know, dreaming and creative potency, the, the soul journeys, but there's something kind of, you know, submersive or spelunking about like now (laughs) going down into the cave, going somewhere deep with it that, it's sort of like a hidden or underground frontier that might be a source of um, discovery, a tremendous sort of power or like a creative gold is waiting, you know, in that shadowy space. It's interesting how, because last year um, Venus stationed retrograde pretty close to uh, Pluto. Yeah. And now I feel like there's an echo where uh, it's echo in this cave. She's come back. So I don't Especially know. With Mercury transiting her territory from before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could have, you know, themes. I like the, the I like the idea of that and echo. Um, Cause a lot of the stuff that is like buried deep within, 
you know, that Plutonian ter- territories is not anything new, right? <laughs> it is embedded in some way. So, uh, yeah, just kind of being in the echo chamber, um, especially the echo chamber in relation to, uh, that whole Pisces time, you know, cause the moon's going to be in Pisces when Mercury stations. Um, but then we get that first quarter moon in, uh, Aries on the 30th, uh, right before Venus, uh, makes a conjunction with Pluto. So even though it has this watery and dreamy and like, you know, doing the cave diving and going within it, it gets really hot emotionally, um, and kind of pushing off in that, just that tension, especially when she does make that conjunction, because the moon essentially is going to be squaring that placement. So Mm -hmm. what started as this kind of initiation into Plutonian territory, and we were like hearing like, yeah, like the call and the descent, there's just something that really can get triggered at that time or just are, are called into like initiation or, and as part of like that, just this push of this whole season, um, to some extent too, with that, that lunar activity, that's going to basically square the sun then Mercury retrograde, then Venus and then Pluto. So we just get a big hit lunar wise, (laughs) um, of, (laughs) of Aries Capricorn energy. Yeah. It's got a tight, it's sort of like got a bit of a tight passage makes me think of that. Um, the the odyssey like the the scylla and carbidus where they're passing through that watery um passage where on one side there's like a monster that could devour them and on the other side is a really dangerous whirlpool that could pull them (laughs) in so it's got this caught between the scylla and carbidus kind of um quality so yeah it could be a tight passage to navigate because there's a lot of you know passion and potency and power in that melding of yeah. Venus and Pluto, um, something very, uh, I don't know, just sort of opening up a, a, a potent uh, box of potential and then that moon sort of pushing on it. Either it's got a very like inceptional make or break kind of quality or it, or it sort of pushes another kind of catharsis moment. It made me think of like it is. It made me think of opening up a can of worms. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) with the way you were describing it. Um, But sometimes we need to open up a can of worms, right? Because the whole idea of Pluto is the the purification that goes through. You know, Mm -hmm. with the willingness to to get to the depths of something. and, you know, open that Pandora's box, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can get to the nugget that lies there or the regenerative uh, aspect. Um, yeah. Because I, as uh, I, Gray and I talked about in great detail um, in the next episode with the 2023, it's like Pluto has a big, big role to play um, mm-hmm. coming up here. Uh, so just all these especially these planetary conjunctions um, and just activations, like these are larger stories that will kind of crest and move through 2023 um, too. That's a really good point because this will be, we're in our final, um, you know, moments from a cosmic perspective of Pluto in Capricorn and Pluto's been there for, you know, a couple of decades now. And, you know, Pluto's arc is, 
cycle is very, very long. So this is the end of an era. So if there are some really potent themes that kind of come up around that time, it might be pointing to um, the, you know, something poignant about a closing of an era and maybe the beginning of a new, a new one. Yeah. That, that ending beginning quality. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, luckily, uh, you know, we have time to ponder that on the first because Mercury is going to, you know, put <laughs> sextile Neptune. Maybe we're all just going to be in our heads and we're going to be, you know, the, the but it's interesting too, because then the moon moves in Taurus around uh, the first of the month. So we go into the first day of the year in this, with the moon in Taurus, uh, mm. which is stabilizing, but only so much so with Uranus, you know, co-present there. Um, but it, it, I think it's kind of a nice, nice place to be. And so we probably just want to, uh, you know, take it all in, take it all in as we start the first day of the year, take your time with things. Um, I think Mm -hmm. because really there's not, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of space, uh, going on. I mean, the moon is going to, uh, go over Uranus on the, the first two, I believe. Um, and that will be significant in respects to, let's see, I guess there's probably a better way to do that. Um, because the sun, the next move is basically the sun is making a trine to Uranus on the 5th, January 5th. Um, well, actually it's going to trine the North node on the second and then trine Uranus. So the moon moving through this North node Uranus territory on the first day of the year is kind of a highlight to just this, you know, illumination around the Taurus North Node, like evolutionary push, uh, mm-hmm. Uranus, like what's breaking apart and being re-envisioned and invented and upgraded um, in these very physical states of being, right? You know, Cap- Capricorn and, and Taurus both. So this this to me is very nice for the start of the new year too, because Venus is going to move into Aquarius on the second she gets in there. Um, And then she's going to sextile Jupiter on the fourth. So we have this really, it's really nice configuration. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like, especially as opening energy for the beginning of the year, especially with Venus sextiling Jupiter and ruling, uh, you know, the Taurus placements there. Um, I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That feels like some sweet, some sweetness on the other side of that really, um, dreamy (laughs) and potent passage. (laughs) Yeah. And both of the luminaries lighting up that, um, Uranus North node, first the moon and then the sun. So it's really illuminating and bringing that awareness of, I don't know, like it's almost like a feeling sort of a freedom or emancipation. It's like coming over the other side. We made it. It might be people just screaming, (laughs) oh my God, we made it to 2023. (laughs) We, you know, yeah, it's just, it feels like an opening kind of signature. And uh, I, I look forward to that. I do too. And, you know, in relation to everything that we were just talking about with Venus and Pluto together, you know, 
Yeah, she does do the descent. She does have to go into this territory. But on the other side, she gets a little more detached. She moves into Aquarius. She's got like a more airy perspective. And then she's working with Jupiter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's she uh, she gets a boost. She gets a boost after going through that Plutonian uh, landmine for for a second. Um, And then, like you said, kind of that liberation quality with the Uranian uh, North node action coming in too. So it just really has, I I just really like the vibe of this. Yeah. There's going to be some creative gold in the darkness of that Venus Pluto conjunction. So hang on because there might be something really interesting, an interesting way to like integrate it and utilize it on the other side. Yeah. That's entirely fresh, right? You know, we're talking about Jupiter and Aries at the beginning Mm -hmm. degrees of like this transit that is just going to continue and rocket through until mid-May. So yeah, it it is fresh and it's promising. Um, And it really is just leading us to the full moon uh, on June or January 6th. Uh, that is going to be configured to Uranus, right? So we think about these Uranian, uh, the sun trining Uranus, the the moon going over that point in Taurus, uh, Venus's action uh, as well, just as the ruler of that placement and her having talked to Jupiter. And then bam, we get a, you know, a domicile full full moon with that moon in in Mm. Cancer. Um, and you know, I really I like this one too, personally. I'm I'm I mean, it is this is definitely configured to my chart, so I better like it. I'm gonna be living it. Um oh, but wow. It, yeah. that'll be on my nodal axis that full moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These are literally my degrees of my sun and moon. So this is the reverse of my <laughs> my oh, luminaries. Wild. Yeah. Wild. So, which That's is gonna be fun, cool. you know. It's like you get a hit of, uh, I get a hit of sun on my moon. I get a hit of the moon on my sun. Oh, that's really cool. And then it's like really um, plugged in and lit up with that um, Uranian, that Uranian juice, the Uranian, uh, <laughs> that that uh, earthy, that earthy underground electric. <laughs> Mm -hmm. that is coming through it feels like a very solid form based full moon right you know we've got we've got a strong earth and water elements i mean anybody that's in the process of like changing jobs or changing um home situations or just moving you know pivoting in those areas of life this is always a, a full moon um, that is very much connected with that, you know, when we think about the Cancer Capricorn axis. So if anybody's on, on the move, <laughs> so to speak, um, in these primaries mm-hmm. of life, I could see this definitely being a, a highlight point. Um, we do have that Chiron square that's in there too. So if you really, if you need to learn a little bit about Chiron, there could be just that little bit of that triggery, irksome um but also the the healing wisdom that could come out of that just before that that full moon happens it's like it like hits it gets the tension from chiron then it gets to uranus it's like ah whatever i'm 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 done with it you know like i just want to i don't want to carry that weight i just want to be free let me be free well it's like sort of putting some space and and some some freedom and some fertile possibilities around, you know, healing, uh, you know, cause that Uranus really opens up that, um, axis between 
you know, the moon and the sun and yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of cool. I feel like it's going to be a bit of a high, high vibe, high energy signature. Well, especially with Mercury too, because Mercury is here retrograding and, and lurking over the sun, right? Yeah, I think it's the the next day, not even the next day. It's like it it crosses over just right after this full moon when we have um, the inferior Kazemi mm-hmm. of Mercury. Um, it'll be technically uh, January 7th, the following day. But the moon will have not moved on that much. Um, so there is something to be said about the full moon. And then all of a sudden Mercury has this message and it sits in the heart of the sun uh, at that very same degree. Um, and so there's a, like, there's another point of like transference um, mm-hmm. kind of going on, uh, which I also like within that, right? Because I mean, what happens next? We basically have Mercury then going on to trine Uranus again. Mm-hmm. Which, as, as Debbie and I are speaking, uh, Mercury actually trines Uranus in a couple of days here this weekend. That was we're recording this, so oh, that's yeah. that kind of like intro to it. Um, but it feels it's like this double shot of like just like intellectual awareness, just percept like perceiving something um, very Uranian in nature, uh, and wanting to like it's like wanting to upgrade life to me. Like, I feel like, and just move these pieces around and, um, and just be on board with the freshness and the newness and in the leaving what doesn't work, um, and sticking or like developing further what does or moving towards something that could be more promising, um, than what you're currently working with, uh, energy all the above. <laughs> yeah. And then that inferior, um, Kazemi, that conjunction of Mercury, like being purified in the heart of the sun, I think that's a moment to clear, you know, perceptions, reset perceptions, clear away the mental, uh, clutter, so to speak, so that these, you know, this, emancipatory sort of consciousness can kind of come through like what what is actually holding me back like what do i need to decode so that i can open up to this and flow with change um i think that'll be again that very interior sort of quality like there's going to be a lot of um inside job or yeah. inner work going on here uh which is wild like for those who you might be listening don't know like we have those superior and inferior uh conjunctions and when we get the inferior one it always makes me think of interior because mercury's like on the inside or in the middle Mm -hmm. uh, between the earth and the sun from our perception so it's really taking that kazemi sort of ember of purification like deep into the heart of our awareness um yeah it that's um it's pretty special and i feel like it's a real hinge of that season because it's like everything is kind of leading down into this kazimi kind of place and yeah it's got a real hub or a real heart of the the wheel kind of quality like it's all been leading to this and there's going to be a (laughs) shift in your perspective yeah this might be the true moment the true nugget of um the season 
among many other that. nuggets. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some nuggets, but I I I go I I feel where you're going with that because what we have to take in mind post this point, right, is that. Mars is about to station direct. We're like five days out from Mars stationing direct and it is ruled by that Mercury. So if it's about to emerge and all of a sudden like its ruler gets into this very like, uh, like privy position with the, with the sun and is like lit up by like the Uranian action. And then Uranus is uh, answering to that Venus in Aquarius, which is getting ready to trine Mars, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and I love what you said about this, like internal, you know, that kind of inside job energy and kind of taking it all in, and and maybe there'll be elements of the like the relational kind of outer play that will be apparent on the outside, you know, with both Venus and Mars kind of coming together in this trine um, and in a more kind of visible and outward sort of space. But there's a lot churning in um, and there's a lot of realizations and ahas and kind of just, yeah, just like you said, like that perception that just, because sometimes that's all it is. Like we can, like you get that little nugget of perception that can change your whole reality mm-hmm. in a moment you know and that's what essentially that's what a breakthrough is as you break through you know the perceived glass ceiling of your of your mind um or what how you view things your viewpoint and then it all changes um and especially with Venus uh, going on her own journey, right? We've seen her talk to a stationing Mercury. We've seen her meld with Pluto. We've seen her getting kind of juiced up by Jupiter. And now she's like, okay, my my other half, Mars. All right, (laughs) let's do this. You know, we can work together. We're on the same page. I know you're mm-hmm. still a little weak right now. Maybe I have some positioning over you, <laughs> but it's because you've come to terms with something. It's because, you, you know, it's like Mars has had a realization essentially mm-hmm. um, because of what Mercury has gone through. And that's the idea of like the planet turning direct is that it's emerging. It's like, you know, the six, sick per- person that was sick is now beginning to feel well again and can finally about to leave the bed. Um mm-hmm. And so I just love like the setup of all of this personally, um, from an inside view, from a relational view, from just like a practical, how you're building your, your world and your surroundings and your job and your, your, you know, outside efforts, all of it seems to just kind of come together. Yeah, definitely. I think breakthrough is a big keyword for this, like a change in perception that allows you to basically interface with the whole new reality, as you said, and thanks to that, you know, Uranus. But it's nice that um, Venus is edging up to Mars. <laughs> and how, talking about the, the Mars recovering or healing or picking up speed makes me think of Venus as almost like arriving with some bandages or balm for the war-torn Mars. <laughs> so Florence Nightingale, she's coming to, <laughs> she's carrying the lamp to Mars and saying, okay, you know, it's all about love and let's move forward. 
you know, clarified in our direction, but how letting our hearts be the guide or something. Oh man. And so, I mean, that being said, it feels like a very eventful week, the first weekend of the, uh, the year, um, from the, uh, basically the full moon on the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, the 9th through the 10th. It's like Friday through Monday. There's just this really potent uh, astrology that is that is taking place. Um, so yeah, it feels pretty epic. It does feel pretty <laughs> epic. It's definitely epic for this season and, and probably beyond um, to see where it carries us past that point. And so basically we have Mercury retrograde who's going to go on and um, it's going to square Chiron on the, uh, or the 10th or 10th, 11th, somewhere in there. Um, read my notes here. And it's going to trine the North node. So it's kind of mimicking those sun moves from before. And keep in mind, Mercury's already made all these moves, right? Because it's, you know, it's, it's navigated, um, Actually, today, as Debbie and I speak, uh, Mercury is squaring Chiron um, at this particular day. And tomorrow, uh, Mercury trines the North Node. So I guess we're kind of tapping into that now as we look ahead. We're looking ahead and and disseminating the future. Um, That makes a lot of sense. But we have this just, you know, Mercury configuring to the North Node feels very promising, especially in this grand earth trine uh, on the 11th with the moon in Virgo. So we Mm. have this just flow of lunar energy that is feeding all the Capricorn. It's feeding all the Taurus. Um, So it's almost like midweek, probably later on Tuesday, but definitely Wednesday, the 11th of January, and even, you know, through the 12th, seems like very purposeful and forward directed and getting the ball rolling and like just getting things done, you know, uh, TC being (laughs) feels like this is, this is what this is about. Yeah, absolutely. It's got that feeling of like, all right, (laughs) let's start putting the pieces into place. I feel Move like this train I train along. <laughs> I know. I think for me, it takes at least a week or two to feel into the new year, like to realize like, okay, yeah, it is a new year. Um, and I feel like that coincides with that practicality organization, maybe boxing things up, maybe tidying up and um, yeah, kind of having our environment a little bit primed for some of the things that we want to do. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's very physical. We were talking about a grand earth trine. We are dealing with the here and now on this, <laughs> on this physical plane uh, and, you know, utilizing our resources, moving the things around us, mm-hmm. um, dealing with our jobs, dealing with our money, dealing with our possessions, you know, all these things are going to be uh, in a flow, which is great, you know, because there's not that much resistance. Um uh, while, you know, basically the big news is that Mars stations direct on the following day on mm. January 12th. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this could be because I've essentially that, that moon, that earth flow will be in a square to that Mars, right? So as, as the earth begins to flow, Mars is, has that, that moon challenge to it right before it goes direct. Um, and the sun is actually, the sun comes and, and hangs out where Mercury and Venus were earlier in the year, right? With the, mm-hmm. 
or the sun trying, or excuse me, sextiling Neptune. So we're back at the vision, right? Well, that's so interesting. As we start to move the puzzle of the earth pieces and Mars is coming out of its slumber and we are, have a, like a bright spite, a spotlight on, on the vision of, you know, what's the vision, but also what needs to be released and let go of in service to the vision, right? You know, um, these are all, and then the moon's going to be opposing Neptune at that same time. So yeah, that, January 11th and 12th, uh, I mean, we've talked about some really potent days, but this is another interesting lineup too. This feels kind of like when the rubber is just about to hit the road. This is like, (laughs) all right, the lights are on, intentions are set. Maybe the the resolutions are are really clear. Um, Wow. Oh my God. Like, what is that going to feel like when (laughs) Mars finally goes direct again? I'm almost starting to forget what Mars feels like. It's so, oh, it's in such a strange um, pocket in my consciousness and embodiment right now. I hear that. I definitely (laughs) hear that. I mean, it stations on my Mars. Oh, Um, you've got Mars and Gemini. I do have Mars and Gemini. So, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting, like you saying that, yeah, where just, taking in Mars energy right now is, is perplexing. It's a little, it's a little perplexing and it's, it's off the radar, but it's not because it's always there. And so I'm like really looking forward to it kind of coming back online again, um, at least in the sense of like it having some sort of forward directive or a mission that it will eventually achieve. Right. You know, cause it's moving so slow, like nothing, no Mars issues are going to be rocketing forward at this time, but at least it's a lot clearer than it was when yeah, it's stationed well, and square Neptune, you know? Oh boy. <laughs> she has well, the sun, think- right? The sun sextiling Neptune. Mars is emerging after the square action. Like, I mean, maybe we get some sort of like clarity around that confusion of, you know, mission or direction. Um, yeah. It's like if the sun and, and um, Neptune are flowing, um, it's, I think it, it's sort of bringing things into focus and we really need that intentionality and, and, and focus that solar focus to kind of know how to direct and harness Mars. I mean, you know, the sun is like, you know, the leader, the ruler is from that conscious place that we know how to disseminate Mars, say the soldier, the, the protector, the defender, but this is sort of like a Mars that, at the end of its retrograde, it makes me think of like after a lot of um, bed rest, you might want to jump out of bed and just start leaping and running, but you got to remember you might, your muscles might not be conditioned. <laughs> yeah. Things are maybe withered a little bit. You might a be a bit floppy. dehydrated. <laughs> makes me think of like when my brother was a little kid, he was like climbing around on a neighbor's motorcycle and it tipped over and broke his leg. And then he he had to get a cast. And I remember when they took the cast off his little leg, his leg that was inside the cast had kind of withered a little bit because it was stationary for so long. So it makes me think of like that Mars power, the Mars muscles, they've maybe winnowed down and withered a little bit. So let's just slowly ramp up and get our conditioning back and um, you know, 
before you, <laughs> it's just like hopping out of bed and yeah. then falling down because you feel uh, like kind you of thought you were ready, weekend. but yeah, <laughs> I'm so You're... ready. Whoa, wait, Whoa. <laughs> I, need a, I need a little patience here. I need to work, work this through a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it won't take long. Uh, well, yeah. Mars will do what Mars will, will do. Yeah. But yeah, give it, give it a little bit of time. Um, but at least we're, you know, the health is back. <laughs> the intentions there. Mercury's trying the North node on the same day at stations. Like it seems very like a faded period of just under like understanding or can conceiving at all, or just having like kind of that. Yeah. There's like the, the missing pieces are now starting to fall into place and we might not be able to finish the puzzle, but we know where everything goes. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like we've, we've got our piles here and our piles there and we just have to put it in, but you know, that's, that's a step by step by step one foot in front of the other process. Um, yeah. Like the sorting, the sorting is the harder work, but once you're sorted and your work is cut out for you, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And then I suppose, yeah, because then that'll be the last pass of Mars out of uh, Gemini forward into the following season. So oh, I can't wait. So <laughs> now where that does take us, though, a few days later into the weekend um, on the 14th on Saturday, we have that last quarter moon in Libra. And, the, you know, some of the tension might come back up, you know, we get to the point where everything's moving and flowing, but we are confronted with another leg of pivot, another leg of initiating energy, but it's like that kind of closing down, um, so to speak with the Libra last quarter, that's going to be in a square to Pluto. Cause basically the sun, Mm -hmm. um, is going to, uh, it's an interesting lineup. So just to cap, the last few days of Capricorn season, pun intended, I suppose. Um, <laughs> we uh, have that last quarter in Libra and we have, um, and obviously Venus is ruling that, right? Mm-hmm. And so Venus and Aquarius is also uh, coming off of a square to Uranus. So she's, she's a little... Wiley, uh, right now, right. She, she's getting the dose of Uranian action, but it's a little bit of a harder, um, activating, uh, dose of Uranus, um, during this last quarter. So it's, you know, relationally, creatively, um, socially, there's something that kind of buzzes forward, um, that is probably going to play into this last quarter in Libra, which when you think about the outside world, there can be definitely some social, um, unrest or, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, people protesting certain things or justice related matters, especially with the last quarter in, um, Libra, but it's Mm -hmm. all on this lead up to, uh, Mercury stationing direct on the 18th on the very same day that the sun conjuncts Pluto. Um, so Capricorn season is, it kind of ends with, <laughs> with a little bit of a, I don't want to say a harsher note, but there, it does seem very potent. So anything you can kind of extract from, from that, that lead up. Um, 
is this going to be the last time the sun conjoins Pluto and Capricorn for one some more, time? One more or time. We, one more time because it's going to retrograde in and out of Aquarius, Pluto, yeah. correct? And so well, the last one will be next year, but it is the second to last. Yeah. Okay. So almost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that could definitely be a real point of, you know, reflection and taking stock, um, you know, any lingering, um, you know, fears or sort of sober moments of, of, of facing up to things that, you know, we need to confront. It could be a really good opportunity uh, to do that. Um, but yeah, I know it's, it's sort of just like, you know, the sun is like, say our, our conscious awareness or where the energy is at the moment or where the energy is flowing and joining up with um, Pluto, it's probably just shining a light on, you know, the shadows once again, yeah. and kind of illuminating um, what we need to kind of uh, say confront within ourselves, or maybe there's going to be stories about, you know, power dynamics or power extremes uh, cropping up in the world. Um, so yeah, this is going to be one of the last times the sun really joins up with the Plutonian signature in Capricorn. So I don't know, just seems like a point of reflection. I don't want to make like too, too big of a deal about it and make it sound like <laughs> really <laughs> ominous and scary, but it's, yeah, I think it's a def definitely an opportunity to dig really deep, reflect really deeply. Um, and it's sort of closing out the season. So maybe it's confronting, you know, some of the realities that came up with a lot of enthusiasm and stops and starts and, um, you know, definitely putting a stake in our intentions and inceptions and resolutions. <laughs> I almost said revolution. <laughs> well, you know, there's a little of that in there too. There's a lot of Iranian energy um, going on so, here. I don't know. Maybe it's shining a light on like, maybe we have to shake our foundations even deeper than we thought to affect, you know, real and lasting change inside and without. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I that's the kind of the nature of this particular season is in, in, I mean, the Capricorn pivot of the cardinal energy, but the setup here with Jupiter leading it all off. And then all the energy that we see afterwards is like, if we are in the cycle of, of change and we're laying foundations and we're like, you know, getting the soil right. And like intending to go in this direction and emerging into this point, it's like, yeah, we just become aware. We become aware of how much we've changed. We become aware of what's changing. Um, that can be uncomfortable at times, right? There could still be fear around change um, and in the newness and the build it, what's building. Um, and there just can be exposure, right? It's like, mm, that's mm -hmm. the thing with uh, just this last quarter, um, especially in Libra and then Venus and a very, you know, communal societal sign squaring Uranus. It's like, I can definitely see something being exposed that comes out and all of a sudden, you know, like it's an injustice of sorts and people are going to mm. take action on it. And we got to deal with these power dynamics and there's too much power here and we got to shine a light on that. So it feels very apropos for like the larger story, but just in our own lives, you know, 
like you said, the sun, the sun, I mean, it's the soul, it's our solar force. It's our point of individuation, our sense of self and the identity. Um, and you know, I like to think that we all want to live an empowered life, right? We want to know our strength and honor our power and move from a place of power. Um, and many of us don't live in our, in, in the full capacity of what our power is. And so sometimes we have to do those deep dives within ourselves and, and shine a light on what holds us back from being all that we could possibly be in this world. Um, mm-hmm. And by addressing that and shining a light on it and, and warming it up, right? As you pointed out earlier in the program, when we think about uh, Saturn energy and Capricorn energy and just being this cold and dry space in the sun, it's it's hot, it's warm. Um, and uh, it's a little dry itself, but it's still, you know, it's giving us that heat and that life um, within death, you know, like that's the thing with Pluto and it being connected with that kind of death impulse and what changes and transforms and morphs and regenerates. Um, there's a purpose for that. And through that, we're empowered in that process. Um, and we can step into that kind of like stripped off version of ourself that isn't mucked up with things that hold us back from our real potential. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's kind of like the higher side of, um, what this time period could look like. Yeah, for sure. It's got a kind of a resurrective, I shall rise again kind of signature. Like when I think about the Platonian domain, say in the psyche or in the soulscape, it's it's very much that, you know, unconscious or shadowy uh, territory where there is a tremendous amount of archetypal power brewing, but that can kind of run our lives or control our lives until we um shine a light on it and are conscious of it. And um, it's sort of bringing all of that into the fold, into the light of our awareness. And, you know, then we can uptake it and metabolize it and integrate it. And then it becomes something that feeds our, our, our sovereign power and not this strange lurking, um, it's sort of externalized power that seems like it's coming from somewhere else, but really it could be something deeply um, entrenched inside of us that, like you say, like just have to like face it. And some of it can be really big. It can be really big, potent, um, you know, kind of archetypal permeating transcendent powers that kind of are transpersonal in a way that we have to reckon with um, and, it, you know, admit and own that they're also moving through us and are a part of us and grapple with that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think the saving grace within this time period too, as we kind of dissect that a little bit more, um, in which I didn't notice at first, but is glaringly apparent now is, you know, that last quarter position as we lead into there is also trying Saturn, which is, you know, as we go through all this Capricorn season activity and Saturn's kind of just been on its own in this like very loose square with Uranus mm. at this point, you know, um, it's almost like Saturn finally comes in and is like, okay, you've been waiting to hear from me, haven't you? Right. <laughs> this is what I've been trying to tell okay. you. I have been testing you and fortifying you and strengthening you. And now you're ready to shine a light on what lurks in the Plutonian realm and reckon yeah. with it. 
Reckon oh. with it. Yeah. It's reckoning <laughs> this judgment day. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But, uh, what, so, a way, what a way yeah. to go out for a Capricorn <laughs> season. I think that's, um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> All, as you say, grist for the mill, just utilize it, take it in, um, you know, embody it and think about the ways, like I said, like if, if we've been tested, those are also the ways that we've been made stronger. You know, it's some signature of like fortitude. I think that it is waiting for us if we are very resolute in this season. So that being said, if you had one word, one word to recap this year's Capricorn season, what would it be? One word? One word. That's hard for Mercury. I know. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the challenge after every forecast, you get one word. All right, then I think it's resolve. It's a good word. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a good word. And mm-hmm. it, it sums up a lot of, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a multi-layered world word. So it, uh, it's, it's driving with your Mercury and Sag. <laughs> you can come at it from right. a couple different ways of, you know, point of definition with that. Cause solve is, you know, the root of like also dissolve. So something that has been taken apart and dissolved and, 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 and deconstructed, but then you resolve to pull it all back together, like in a more cohesive and stronger uh, form. So again, it's that echoing of the Neptunian flow and the um, Uranian forces of change that are kind of pushing on the season as well. Yeah, we're in a state of flux and evolution and things are constantly breaking down and, you know, in that catabolic composting, but it's all just to serve new life or new perceptions and, um, yeah. So resolve. I like that. Well, and it's like <laughs> you resolve is the resolution, right? That's the resolution to, to our, to our issues and our troubles. And they mm-hmm. always come back and they always evolve into new things, mm-hmm. but with the current climate and the retrogrades and everything we've been through, I feel like there's, there's a few of us out there that could really benefit from a time period of resolve Mm. (laughs) um, internally and externally. So (laughs) I like it. I think it's great. Um, All right. Well, I'm like trying to think of what word I would have for it. Cause that's a really good word. Yeah. I'd be curious. That is a good word. That is a good word. Um. The only word that came to mind is just dedication. And Mm. it's very, I mean, it's very loose in terms of what that could look like. And it's it's a, it's a blanket set Saturnian term. But I think at this point in our, a lot of our stories, it's, it's like, what do you really want to dedicate yourself to Mm -hmm. after, after all this, (laughs) after all this, what do you have? What do you actually have like the will to dedicate yourself towards? And if you don't, then drop it, drop it off, leave it at a Uranus transit, mm-hmm. throw it in the Neptune pool. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, because exactly. life is short. We only have so much time. We only have so much energy. This is a very Capricorn message, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, 
if you if you don't have it within you to give your full dedication to something, put your all into it, then mm-hmm. it's like what's what's the point? <laughs> yeah. And I think Saturn's sort of editing and discerning energy really can help winnow down to what is like essential or what is most meaningful and worth dedicating, you know, our mortal reserves to, you know, and I also think of that word dedication. It's like, if you're say an artist or an author or a musician, it's like, who do I dedicate this to? It's Mm. like, who, who does this go out to? Like I'm doing this because it's worth it, but I also, it's a bit of an offering as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like that. because that'll be part of, you know, maybe what, what you offer to the world is what will endure and maybe be a, a legacy of yours of sorts. So yeah. I kind of believe we were all born at this time because there's something about our souls that were made for this time. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Let's get a, che- a little cup, cup cheers. Mug. <laughs> cup cheers. We're cheers in. All right, Debbie. Well, I think we did it. I uh I think we did a, a full astute treatment to the Capricorn season this year. Uh, and despite a few challenges, I'm still uh, like, I'm excited for this energy. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Me too. Um, so now where can people find you? What do you got going on? Tell us the dish. Oh, well, um, my website is starfruitastrology.com. There you can see, uh, my offerings of readings or any upcoming events I might have for the new year. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, starfruit underscore astrology. That's it. Don't be fooled by any other versions <laughs> because we know there's a lot of those going on. And uh, I also uh, have a podcast uh, with my husband, Brian James of the medicine path and he is really interested in uh, depth psychology and the archetypes of um, that world. And we mash that up with my astrological take on some of our famous people. And we track the zodiac seasons. So we're working our way through Sagittarius right now. And that August is called Archetypology with an exclamation point. And you can listen to it on Spotify and iTunes. Lovely. So definitely go check Debbie out and all she's got going on. Um, and of course, I'll leave links to that on my own website because I always do a pod, a podcast. I always do a podcast. That's true. But I always do a blog post uh, for each episode and the featured guest. So come on over to energeticprinciples.com and you can check that out there along with uh, my own services and offerings. If you're looking to get a consultation, um, that is there too. And of course, sign up for the Heavenly Wind, which is my monthly newsletter, which will be going out here somewhat shortly on the first of the month. And it has been newly revised. So it's a little more concise. um, And I would like to think straightforward, uh, a more digestible read. (laughs) Um, So you can get that into your inbox for free each month um, by signing up on the front page of my website. You can also find me on Instagram at energetic principles. And I am 
barely posting these days. I do like to post stories here and there, but um, I think I say this every time. I'm trying to navigate the energy of social media has just been very <laughs> weird for me uh, it, lately. And it could be the Mars retrograde, honestly, in, in Gemini. Um, I feel like that mm. is tied in a little bit. But May, you know, Capricorn season is my season of the third house. So perhaps I'll have more to say. So mm. go follow me. <laughs> go follow me there and see if I pop up. Um other than that, you know, uh, if you like what you heard here today, leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment below. Tell us what you think uh, Capricorn season will bring or if, what you're excited about Capricorn season or if you have Capricorn placements and want to, uh, you know, um, share your wisdom of what Capricorn means to you in the <laughs> feed below. We'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Um, and, you know, sharing is caring. Spread the good word. Share this program with a friend or anybody that you think would like astrology or Capricorn season or uh, just likes to listen to podcasts because this is, this is a meaty one. Mm-hmm. Plenty, plenty of time. Throw it on the background. Let us just yeah. whisper into your ear about the yeah. potentials coming. <laughs> Percolate and distill down into the bones yeah let us it's let us a good, in. it's a good bone <laughs> broth episode <laughs> it is a good bone broth yeah, that's right and you know everybody needs a nourishing bone broth um so we're here for you for that so all right well debbie thank you so much for joining me on the program it was a pleasure chatting with you and i hope you'll visit me again soon yeah that'd be great thank you all right everyone well uh good luck with all the Jupiter action underway in the holiday season and happy solstice to all. Um, We will see you on the other side. And as always, may the stars be with you. 